Welcome back, everybody, to the brink. And let's all start by saying, "Let's go, Raptors." You sound so unenthusiastic. You're the Canadian in the room. You should be more happy. I couldn't figure out what we were doing at first. Come on, what else do you think we would have been doing? It is another episode where we can celebrate the fact that one of my sporting teams actually won something for once. That's right. The Matildas beat Brazil. And the Raptors won. That's the women's soccer team, just in case you're wondering. Uh, good for them. That was great. Fantastic that they did that. Uh, but yes, no, it's uh, the Raptors won championship. Uh, how exciting is this? It's great. It's amazing. You have not stopped talking about it for three days. Correct. That's me who hasn't stopped talking about it for three days. It's incredible, isn't it? It is. Yes, you were at work and you weren't home watching it. You won Canadian thing. But uh, you talk to your mum, you talk to your dad. They are not really sporting. Well, your dad's a bit of a sportsman, but they're not really basketball fans. And even they're caught up in it. Everyone is. It's a great day for Canada. Well, it's more than a great day. It's been like three days now. You know what I mean. Do I? Yes. Yes? Yes. 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 Are we going to Toronto tomorrow to uh, watch the, the parade? Please say yes. No. Damn it, I thought I would. Um, what else has been happening during the week with you? Uh, we've both lost some weight since we've started this diet, which is pretty exciting. You've lost about, uh, what, four or five kilos, haven't you? Four and a half, yeah. I've lost 8.1. Woo. Which is good. Um, so keto so far doing all right. We haven't even exercised yet. We're starting that tomorrow. Yes. Are you okay? Yes. Um, what what are you finding the most difficult thing about this keto diet so far? Sweets. Not having sweets. And rice. I was really craving rice yesterday. Why were you randomly craving rice? I need to ask this. Because I like rice. You like rice? Yeah. Just plain rice by itself? Would have been totally okay with me. Really? Yeah. You should go on Survivor. I really wanted rice. That way you can eat the rice and you can still lose weight because that's basically all you eat. So you could just go on an all rice diet. She's just literally staring at me. I don't know why. Okay. Well, then you will always eat rice. Yes, true. I would. Yes. Moving on to bigger and better things. Like what? I don't know what else is in this episode. Whatever's next. Do you say webisode? Episode. Episode. Do you think Kawhi Leonard's going to stay? I don't know. I hope so. But I don't want to get my hopes up. What about Plant Guy? Plant Guy! (laughs) Explain to everyone who Plant Guy is. He is a drunk man with a plant who he wants that he wants to give to Kawhi Leonard, and that's the end of the. Story. Have a housewarming plant. Have you seen him? It's a coactus. Coactus. <laughs> Did you see the other video of the, all the people like jumping up in the sign celebrating, and a guy jumped up on a sign and was trying to like get to the very top, and he slipped, and he like went boom straight on the nuts on this sign, like between the legs, boom. No. Ouchie. Because there's like balls down there. Like testicles. Yep. Yep. Drake. Go team. <laughs> I would mentioned Drake. All right, she's clearly talking to this episode. Let's go into more stuff and come back with questions. <laughs> Celebratory time to be alive right now, and what better way to feel the celebration than getting a Canadian on the show to speak about Canada, because we already have one, but she's not in Canada. We've gone over this before. It's Colin Hilding. Hello, Colin. Welcome back to the show. Hello, and I will join everybody else in Canada in being very excited about a sport nobody watched until the last week. You must be happy, though. A Toronto team has won the championship. It's just not the one you wanted to. (laughs) 
Exactly. Uh, but it shows there's hope. I mean, the city's not the problem. It's just the team. So <laughs> when the city really gets behind the Leafs, then they'll have the same success. I've, I've already seen a few funny tweets. I saw, I don't know if this person who tweeted out was part of the Maple Leafs, maybe a former Maple Leafs player. It was like, dear Raptors, you know, we have a parade route for you. It hasn't been used in 43 years or something like that. You're welcome to it or something <laughs> like that. But I mean, like, before we talk about the good, let's just quickly talk about the bad because it is a pretty sucky time to be a Leafs fan, let's be honest. Not only do your cross-code uh, team win a championship, everybody's in love with the Raptors and basketball right now, but then St. Louis also won the Stanley Cup, so you officially hold the record yeah. now for long. <laughs> is there a tinge of sadness despite the fact that there's obviously a little bit of happiness there? Yeah, I mean, it's not even so much for St. Louis, um, because obviously now there's the longest drought. I mean, thankfully there have been two teams that had longer droughts than the Leafs, so... You know, we we can't hang our head had them being the worst of all time, just the worst yes. of the last fifty something years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but in a way, I was as much as I wouldn't want Boston to win. It it, it felt like it would have been more satisfying to have Boston win, just because then I know at least we lost to the best team. But we can't say that the Jets can say they lost to the best team in the first round. Toronto can't say that now. So I mean, I, I don't I don't feel like it was going to go well one way or the other, but. Still, it's 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 kind of exciting just to see like the amount of Canadian players, which of course also nobody talked about until they won, which is another Canadian thing to do. Once we win at something, uh, I, you you said that very similar things about Australia too. You claim something as your own. St. Louis wins, and it's like, hey, there's a lot of Canadian players on the team, so I guess good on us. Well, I saw somebody sort of. tweet that the other day. It was like, congratulations to the Canadian Blues, because I mean, is it yeah like eighty percent of them are Canadian? But I mean, that just, that just happens every year, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you had a team that was under a dozen, it might be a bit of a shock. Uh, but this did happen also. I, I think it shows what good sports Canadians are um, or how they just can't really give credit to anybody else. But maybe a combination of both because uh, during the infamous Tampa Bay uh, win, <laughs> what was that, 15 years ago almost now, yeah. uh, the same thing happened. Like there, there was a lot of disappointment for about five seconds, and then it's like, well, Tampa Bay's got a lot of Canadian players, so I guess we still won. <laughs> but it's as a hockey fan, um, I mean, we've had two great years in a row in terms of, you know, debut Stanley Cup winners with the Capitals and now St. Louis. I mean, I as a neutral fan, I mean, I enjoy seeing a, a new team win it. And I think, again, everybody didn't want Boston to win unless you lived in Boston because they've won enough in the last 12 months. Yeah. So, I mean, can you at least appreciate good old St. Louis getting a, a cup finally after all these years? Yeah, I think with how uh, unpredictable these playoffs were and so many of the heavy hitter teams being knocked out, like we've talked about in past weeks, there was so much of the interest in these playoffs were lost. And in this series, a lot of people got a little more interest you know, just through looking at it in a different way. Like, for example, we have another new team that's winning. And then you realize, you know, despite whatever records there are for droughts out there, there are tons of teams that have never won a Stanley Cup. And, you know, they may be in, you know, 20, 30, you know, some of them in their 40 years without wins. Uh, and we've had two years in a row with new teams. And I think that's always exciting. I mean, nobody really remembers Carolina winning, as we've talked about, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> The fact is Carolina's won, and it's exciting even if a team like that – I don't know, maybe if, uh, if if Nashville wins, they'll – you know, people in Nashville will always be excited. I don't know if there will be as much enthusiasm for Canadians to know that a city like Nashville can win at hockey. Uh, but if we can find enough Canadian players, they will. But, yeah, it's always good to have new teams winning 
as was also experienced in basketball. You just want to change the subject so quickly, I can tell. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, just so the teams <laughs> who haven't won it, if I'm not mistaken, so Buffalo, Florida, Nashville, Ottawa, as in the new uh, version of Ottawa, San Jose, and Vegas, and that's also going to be Vancouver's got to be on this. I'm looking at it differently. There we go. Vancouver's mm-hmm. up there just because they've lost three Stanley Cup finals. That's why they're not appearing here. So, um, I mean, every single one of those Jets. teams, though, oh, and the Jets, the Jets, of course, every single one of those teams, though, uh, has a, has made the Stanley Cup finals at least once, except for the, I guess, the new version of the Jets. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's an interesting parity in the NHL because, you know, we talked about that, as you said, with the the league, sort of how, um, you know, in, unpredictable these Stanley Cup playoffs were. Because, I mean, I was saying to Mallory the other day when, you know, I was happy that Toronto won. I'm like, on. Remember, like, a month and a half ago when, like, Calgary were, like, in it? And, like, I went into these, these yeah. like, two months thinking that Toronto didn't have a chance and I'd be cheering Calgary, hopefully, to a win. And here I am, the complete opposite. So, out of those teams that haven't won one, who do you think is going to win one first? Um, I'd probably lean towards Vegas, to be honest, just because they, like, they came out so strong. And I feel like there's they can only go up from here. Um, and it would be really hilarious if Vegas wins before a team like Vancouver or Buffalo too. Uh, you know, another thing, just to um, add on, like these teams that that haven't won, is we're going to be ha- including one more in there once you know the the new teams enter next year. Mm. So the list just gets longer, and then you wonder how many how many teams is that in total? Like that's over a dozen, right? Yeah, and I've also I, I missed a couple there too. Just the the weirdness of this list that I'm looking at. So also I should really add Columbus, Minnesota, uh, Winnipeg, as you said, and Arizona. Mm-hmm. Of course, I should add there Arizona, as if they would have even come close to winning one. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so at this rate, when we keep adding new teams, so we're getting another one, what another year or so. Yeah, two years. And later, yeah. all these teams, yeah, and all these teams win their first one. By the time we run through all the teams that have never won, Toronto will probably be at 75 years <laughs> drought. So <laughs> there's plenty of time to, uh, to to get used to the feeling of being the loser of the NHL. Well, you mentioned about how you don't hold the longest ra- – you're only two years away from breaking New York Rangers' longest ever mm-hmm. Stanley Cup drought. So you're at 51 seasons mm-hmm. at the moment. New York Rangers went 53 seasons without it. So, you know, record-breaking Maple Leafs a couple of years away. It should also be added, too, that, uh, what was it, like 30 of those years or, or 20 or 25 of those years of the Rangers, there were only five other teams they were competing with, and they still failed to win. <laughs> so that still, I think, will count one way or the other. Like, there's always something you can hold on to as a fan and say, yeah, but at least, you know, we lost when there were 30 teams, not when there were five. <laughs> we have that in the AFL because uh, Carlton and Essendon have won the both most premierships at 16, but Carlton have actually won 16 grand finals. Essendon have only won 14. Two of their premierships came when they didn't have a grand final. You just finished first, you won the premiership. So, you know, just putting it out there. Uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm loving this list though, because like, hypothetically, the Leafs win it next year, then Buffalo and Vancouver are equal for longest droughts currently, mm. and they're only about five or six years away from breaking that Rangers drought. So, I love to give shit to Mallory about that. That um, <laughs> this little old Vancouver, and poor old Buffalo, I don't mind Buffalo. I, I go for the Bills in the NFL, so I'm a bit of a soft spot for the Sabres, but... Who's winning one out of them first? Buffalo, Vancouver, Toronto. Philadelphia has been 43 years for them as well. No one cares about the Flyers. Uh, no, I, I, I'm thinking that once Toronto eventually wins, Philadelphia is going to be the next team that just can't catch a break. <laughs> uh, but Buffalo, like, I don't know. They're another small market team too. So 
I would think that they would have more support, but but again, that whole area of so much so much New York, it's just there's got to be a lot of competition. I, I wonder if it's like that there, where maybe they don't get the same support. I mean, a you're going to have a lot of you know more merchandise being sold for the Rangers than you are in Buffalo or in uh, for New York Islands, Brooklyn, Long Island, wherever they're from. Uh, so fan support obviously has a lot to do with it, which is what helped the Jets. And, you know, obviously Nashville uh, a couple of years ago when they got really far, it was a lot due to fan support. St. Louis this year. Um, yeah, it's it's ultimately going to come down to fan support. And that's where I think Vancouver is going to be doomed, too, because nobody in Vancouver really likes the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, they, they'll cheer for them. But then anytime they do anything wrong, you know, they just want the team traded to... to I don't know, Memphis, uh, Boise, Idaho, or something. That's Memphis, where yeah. Sitting in basketball team. <laughs> yeah. That's where Vancouver teams go to die. Memphis. <laughs> but I like you. Go be bought by Justin Timberlake. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's Buffalo though. Like I think Buffalo is the new Cleveland, aren't they? Because like Cleveland was just renowned for being the loser city. Like they never won a championship. Then obviously they won the NBA. Nearly won the World Series. Should have won the World Series, really. But then Buffalo, what? They lost like four, three Super Bowls in a row in the nineties. They lost the Stanley Cup in the nineties. Poor old Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but the funny thing is, my brother, you know, he always growing up would root for the underdog teams. And he's quite excited with St. Louis winning because that was one of his loser teams growing up that he'd always be rooting for, mm. along with Buffalo. And now St. Louis gives hope that there's a chance the Sabres might win one day. <laughs> Although I, I doubt that'll ever happen, but you never know. And on that note, I mean, you, we talked about you know how everybody's pools are completely shot. Uh, everybody's brackets are gone. And do you think there is anybody who actually picks St. Louis. Here's a team that a couple of months before the playoffs was one of the bottom teams in the entire league, and then they go on to win the whole thing. I mean, it's got to be one of the biggest comeback stories ever. Uh, Well, a couple of weeks ago, when I think we were down just the conference finals, it was like, you know, three people had actually successfully predicted those four teams. Did anybody predict St. Louis taking this against uh, anybody? Or if it's even tighter, did they... um, Anybody pick St. Louis actually taking it against Boston? I've Googled and nothing's popping up. I'm assuming if one person had of it, would have done it. But um, I, I, there's a sort of a podcast YouTube channel that I kind of watch sporadically on ice hockey. It's called Post to Post. It's really good. It's just kind of like run by this young Canadian guy and his dad. And like, it's just, I don't know, it's just very casually, you know, informative without being sort of too in your face. And their bracket challenge, uh, I remember watching at the very beginning, the young guy actually predicted a St. Louis, um, Tampa final. And then, like, his dad was like, like, you're an idiot. Like, St. Louis aren't going to make it that far. And then, like, he, he didn't pick St. Louis to win, but, uh, like, I kind of went back to, to watch that the other day. So I don't know if they've posted their, you know, post Stanley Cup one. Cause I'd like to see sort of his, uh, viewpoint on, like, why did you pick St. Louis to go so far? So, yeah, mm. I, I don't, I, I would assume if somebody got that correctly, um, that, They'd probably be given a ring, wouldn't they? Like, I mean, like <laughs> that was yeah. I'm They'd root- give them the Stanley Cup. Yeah, like hey, hey you were in this more than we did. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I'm cheering next year for a Vancouver Buffalo Stanley Cup final. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny in the AFL that was a thing when um, Cutley's going when the Western Bulldogs won it. I, I remember saying like, oh, if Richmond and Adelaide make the grand final next year, then Carlton will have the um, the longest active drought for not making the grand final. And what happened the next year? Adelaide and Richmond both made the grand final. So, um, yeah, there we go. I've just said it right down the air. It's on record that next year will be a Buffalo-Vancouver Stanley Cup finals. Um, let's talk about the real champions. 
the Toronto Raptors won. Um, did you watch it? Did you? Did you? I mean, I've already seen it's like the most watched show in Canada, like ever. Maybe not ever, but like the most watched basketball game. And they're saying it's not going to be top this year. Mm-hmm. Peaked at like 15, 16 million viewers or something like that, which is, you know, nearly the population of Australia. So a lot of people watching it. But surely you had to watch some of it the other was day. Was that just in Canada? Yeah, that was just the you Canadian. Said 15 one. in Canada? Yeah, so the, I think the average was about so like, 8 million you... and the peak was 15 or 16. But even putting that in perspective, if you consider most people are familiar with like the numbers of the United States when they say mm-hmm. like, you know, 80 million people watch the Super Bowl or whatever, there's about one tenth of the population in Canada. So if 8 million people in Canada were watching this, that's the equivalent of 80 million. If it peaked at 15 million, that's like, can you imagine if some, if there were fifth, uh, 150 million Americans watching an NBA finals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this blows it away. Like this is going to become Canada's new sport if that's true. <laughs> I-, I can. I did see some of it. Now, sadly, some of the games started like eight, you know, uh, sometimes close to nine o'clock at night. Uh, I'm not able to stay up for a lot of it. Uh, I did get pretty close to the end of uh, game six, but uh, I had to record it. And of course, you turn off your alarm and you check your phone first thing in the morning and it's spoiled for you before you get to go back and watch the last, you know, (laughs) six, seven minutes of a game. Uh, But the thing that impressed me more than anything is... um, they they opened up like all these venues where they were showing not just like okay you go to a restaurant and you you'll watch the game but there were entire like city parks that would have a giant big screen and they'd be watching it on it and uh, our arena here the MTS Center where the Jets play they had a free admission and you could go in there and watch the game in the arena now the only time they've ever done that was I think they did it during the uh, Olympics um, 2014 maybe. And then they did it when the Jets made the conference finals. Uh, well, through pretty much all the rounds of the playoffs, they'll do it for the Jets now, where you can watch on the away games. So for that to be like, let's fill an entire arena. Or there was probably like four or five thousand people or whatever. But that many people saying, "I want to go watch in a big venue in Winnipeg." It's not even our team. That shows how quickly this has taken over. And this is another thing with Canadians is that it it takes very little for support to build for a sport like. The, there was tons of support for baseball, you know, when I was a kid, you know, because of the Blue Jays. And then this huge drought and nobody even talked baseball was like a joke. And then when the Jays started doing good a few years ago, that's when you start seeing lots of Blue Jays merchandise, <laughs> lots of Blue Jays stuff on TV, you know, uh, all this excitement over it. And that's what I'm seeing now with this. The same thing happened when uh, Milos Ronic and Jeannie Bouchard did really well at Wimbledon a couple of years ago. And Ronic is still doing well, and Bouchard's still taking great pictures. She's doing really but, good uh, watching the Raptors game. She was at Game 6 exactly. the other day. So didn't get caught yeah, side, but she still was there. <laughs> there there's some uh, great uh, videos of her on her phone uh, while yes. she was on camera. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, just the, the popularity of tennis skyrocketed after that. So yeah, basketball is going to be if if we come back a year from now, I have a feeling that it's going to be a lot tighter as long as we have a team in there. It's going to be a lot tighter with people's support because what I've noticed with this playoffs with the NHL playoffs is that uh, Canadians will lose interest if all their teams are gone, and that's what happened this time. Now you add in there this you know, new support for basketball. And we mentioned last time, you know, technically basketball is created by a Canadian. This is going to become the new big thing here. Hockey's going to be replaced in 10 years, <laughs> unless the Leafs win. Which, come on, 10 years, come on. Um, 
<laughs> I, I, I on Snapchat, I don't know if you ever use Snapchat, but there's a really cool feature where basically you've got sort of like a world map and you can kind of click on cities and you can see the reactions and you can even like zoom right in and see suburbs and it's kind of like public stories that people can post to it. And, you know, I, I, I've been doing that a lot throughout the playoffs. And, I mean, I even did that for St. Louis the other day just sort of because St. Louis did a similar thing you were saying about Winnipeg. Like, they opened up Bush Stadium for, with the home of the Cardinals mm. and then they, like, opened up uh, their – it was at Enterprise Centre their home ground, isn't it? Um, and then – but, like, looking throughout Canada, like, yeah, Toronto obviously was going crazy, but I believe Montreal closed down, like, two city blocks – all the news reports were saying that like, it's the only time Montreal will ever be cheering for a Toronto team. Um, like, <laughs> I, I went to every city on Snapchat, like Calgary, Vancouver, yeah, Winnipeg. They even, like, just the, the people on the street celebrating, like, people posting videos of them, like, up in a high-rise, and you could just hear the horns honking and just all this sort of stuff. Like, mm. just, just unprecedented kind of reaction to just, as you were saying, like, I, the amount of times I've been to Canada and... You just struggle to find Toronto Raptors merchandise. Even one time when I was in Toronto, I could not find any. Um, <laughs> like, that's kind of the extent of what it is. And, I, I mean, I love the fact that so many people are getting behind it. But, um, you know, th- this is where we also get the bandwagoners. And I'm not just talking about in Canada because that's, that's a clear thing because it's a Canadian team. But, one like, NBA is fairly popular on this side of the world. I think they did a statistic in Australia, for example. They have the most um, subscriptions for the league pass outside of the US is actually in Australia. But when you see people in Australia and also here in New Zealand wearing NBA merchandise, they're wearing LeBron. You know, they're, they're wearing the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They're, whoever LeBron's playing for this week. Like, you know, you'll, every time I see someone with a LeBron Lakers jersey, I'm like, you are a bandwagoner. If you're wearing a Cavs or a Miami Heat LeBron James jersey, I respect you a little bit more. But then, like, everyone's wearing Golden State Warriors merchandise. It's like, no, like... There was a meme that went around the other day that was like the only Warriors fan before 2015. It was a picture of Danny Tanner from um, Full House because, you know, he was a big <laughs> Golden State Warriors fan in that show because I'm sure you love that show. So now I'm expecting to yeah. see so much Raptors merchandise, which is great in a way because I never see it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you're just a bandwagoner. Like next year, freaking Memphis will win and you'll be wearing a Memphis Grizzlies yeah. jersey. So bandwagoners, stop being bandwagoners. And Canadians will claim the Memphis Grizzlies as their own because they at one point were in Canada, too. Uh, do you think, um, similar to like with Boston, with all the success Boston had, do you think there's some of the fatigue with seeing Golden State over and over again? that it gave the Raptors even more support, like talking outside of Canada? Well, there were the, I know you always have those sort of maps that people post before a championship game, like when the Patriots in the Super Bowl, it was like, everyone supporting the team this week. Like the whole map was like LA and there was a tiny little section of like New England. It was a similar thing. It was like everyone supporting the Raptors and there was a tiny little bit about Golden State. The, the difference I think with Golden State compared to some of these other dynasties like the Lakers, uh, you know, the Celtics, um, you know, teams that people just love to hate on, the Heat, like they're sort of these sides that generally go out of their way to buy players and buy success. Mm-hmm. Where And, like, the Lakers have just been so successful for so long. They're kind of the, you know, the Boston Celtics are probably the one Boston team that some people actually don't mind because the rivalry with them and the Lakers, everyone was always kind of Team Boston. But the Warriors are different because the Warriors had a long drought. People don't remember. Pre-2015, they went, like, 40 years without winning. They were they were a terrible team. They were kind of like St. Louis Blues. They just never got close, didn't do well. <laughs> And then, like, they just recruited very well. I watched a, an interesting video about how they built their team up and Steph Curry, you know, was sort of drafted and kind of just built up as this great player. And they just did very clever drafting. They didn't go out. The only time they ever really went out and got, like, a superstar was when they got Kevin Durant, whereas, you know, they, they didn't really do that. So 
I personally don't mind the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's, you get a tired of a team winning over and over again, but when you don't actually, like, don't dislike them, if that makes sense, it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like, if, if this had been against the Lakers or Miami, or couldn't be against Miami, different conferences, but, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's just kind of, I, I, I feel there is definitely fatigue, particularly mm-hmm. as well because we had four years in a row of the same finals. It was the... Warriors versus Cavs, just because of LeBron. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it's fresh. I think it's interesting. I mean, it's, the, the odds for next year are already out, and Raptors are only fifth favourite to go back-to-back. You know, everyone's predicting <laughs> the, the Lakers and the Warriors and the Bucks uh, to go all out again. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, <laughs> I think the fatigue is yes. there, <laughs> but it's not as bad because I don't think people hate on the Warriors when they remember where they were only, mm-hmm. like, five years ago. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, the, the Penguins were a team, I think, that maybe they went a while without winning something, didn't they? And then they just kept winning a lot, and you were kind of like, oh, the Penguins. Um, well, that's that's sort of, when you were describing that, sort of was I was thinking of, you know, a, they, they sort of bought their success as a team, not the original, like, over 10 years ago, but the more recent ones. And then you're seeing them win over and over again. It's like, it's hard to completely hate the Penguins, because... They do have such a great team, and they're they're not one of these teams where, you know, they've got the cocky, arrogant players. I mean, there's a lot of people who dislike Sidney Crosby, but you can't dislike the rest of the team. Uh, but then when they do lose, it's almost more like a relief. It's like, oh, okay, good. Somebody new for a change. Well, it's it's like, I think with the Warriors, like a lot of people are already saying like, oh, the Raptors only won this because the Warriors were injured. But like, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got two people out. You've still got three fucking all-stars. Like, I mean, God, you've still got yeah. three better players overall compared to our entire starting lineup. But I think like mm-hmm. a lot of the records too come down to it is that like the Raptors are the first team to ever not have a top ten drafted player win the championship. Like little statistics like that are crazy. Even Kawhi Leonard didn't go on the top ten. Um, so you know just little stats like that. So I don't really think this will happen again anytime soon. I'm not confident that they will go back to back. Absolutely not. But you soak this up while you can. <laughs> you know, it's worth every moment. Is I saw um, lineups outside like Toronto merchandise stores. Uh, do you have like many sports stores there that are kind of stocking this? Are you hearing similar things in Winnipeg about kind of people rushing in to buy the championship merchandise? Uh, I mean, I haven't seen anything, but because I don't get out of the house much anymore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, like, I, I can tell you that you know, during no matter what playoffs are on, you'll see massive amounts amounts of merchandise for the big teams. Like during the NHL playoffs, like we have stores here that sell almost all hockey stuff, and the big teams you'll see. You know, uh, once it gets down, like in this case, I'm sure there was a lot of St. Louis stuff out there. Uh, I. I wouldn't even be guessing. I can pretty much guarantee that there's just stores that are like 90% Raptor stuff right now because there's going to be so many people wanting to buy it. You, if there's thousands of people in Winnipeg that want to go watch this in an arena, you know they're going to want merchandise. It's like when you go to a hockey game and you see everybody with the merchandise. I mean, th- this isn't just people getting excited watching at home. When you're seeing all the outdoor events and all the street parties and that, you're going to be selling merchandise. It, I I would venture a guess that the Raptors merchandise by the end of this year is probably going to eclipse maybe even the Leafs merchandise. They a, a stat the other day was like this is um, the fastest selling championship merchandise I think ever in the space of their website uh, after Cleveland the other year. But I mean I'm not going to deny it. I may have spent a couple of hundred dollars already on things. But I mean I I already <laughs> own like bunches of Raptors t-shirts, hats, and you know sort of the fake jerseys. I'm trying to get the proper jerseys now. 
Um, so I had one shirt when I was, I don't know, like 13. <laughs> I think it was, a, it was a hand-me-down, um, or <laughs> a gift or something like that, but I did have one once, so maybe it's time to get something new. There you go. Yeah, I think it is, is definitely time. Replace all those Leafs ones, like, you know, cause... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, just cross out the maple leaf corner and draw a dinosaur face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, Justin Trudeau, you mentioned you have something fun for me about uh, everybody's lovable leader of the world, who I'm assuming is going to welcome the Raptors, because there's a lot of debate right now whether or not the Raptors get an invitation to the White House or Parliament Hill or both. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, well, with with Trudeau, it's more, you know, with all the scandals that are going on, the legitimate heat he's under, you're starting to see him buckle under pressure. And, and also, this is getting close to election time. So he's doing a lot of like pandering to campaign promises. And what are some things that I can do where people can't complain about? So there was something about uh, reducing um, uh, waste, uh, particularly plastic waste and an environmental conference or something like that. And he was laying out this big plan. And it's one of these things where you could tell he's he's very excited. But then as soon as the questions start coming, completely buckles. And you really have to watch the video. It may be – I would put it up there with like some of the really hilarious dumb things that George W. Bush said over the years. <laughs> I think this this totally blows that away because one of the reporters asked a question like, you know, uh, what do you and your family do to reduce uh, the use of plastic, you know, in your home? And he's like he, – he's getting really excited all of a sudden like as if, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you about this. And then it becomes painfully clear – when he got excited, he had no idea what was going to come out of his mouth, and he was just going to start making up as he goes along. This is not complete verbatim, but this is like 99% verbatim. You can look at the video to confirm it. S- says something along those lines, you know, my family and I, we- we've been drinking water from bottles. And then he suddenly realized, like, wait, but that's plastic. And he's like, <laughs> I mean, with the with the bottled waters that we, we drink, we're, we're, we're putting it into paper. And the, I mean – with those wooden juice boxes, the the, pa- the paper juice box transferred into there sort of thing. And no joke, it ends on him saying something like paper juice box dot 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 sort of thing. And the whole time has a huge smile on his face like he's like, I nailed it. <laughs> it really has to be seen to believe. I actually, <laughs> this man went in there, had no there, clue what he was saying. There was something shared, one of Mallory's, uh, I think it's Mallory's uncle, uh, is often posting like anti-Trudeau things, and I did see he shared a video the other day, simply saying the leader of our country, folks, can't string a sentence together. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll have to look at that. <laughs> I'll share it as soon as we're off the air here. Oh goodness me! Uh, so who is going to be the prime minister of Canada in six months? Then, like, is there anyone that's like the new Trudeau or the new one that we care about? There's nobody that has a ton of support. Uh, I think it's pretty much a given at this point. Like the um, the opposition, well, the close thing to opposition leader Andrew Scheer, um, the Conservative Party who was in power before the Liberals regained it with Trudeau, he's probably going to have a minority government, which has more or less become the norm in Canada now. Um, w- whenever there's like a big scandal with a politician, it always follows with a minority government for the opposition. Because people aren't trusting of anybody, and I think that's kind of what's going on right now. I, I would be beyond shocked if Justin Trudeau 
uh, one even a minority at this point. I, I'm shocked already that they're even keeping him on as leader. Andrew Scheer looks like a bit of a... Actually, I don't want to call him any names because if I have to come to the country next year and he's prime minister, I shouldn't really say anything bad. Uh, Andrew Scheer <laughs> looks like a very stand-up guy who I'm sure would do a great job for Canada. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just, just careful, man. The Canadian government might be listening to this when you apply for your visa. <laughs> Never mind. I won't go through with the rest of what I was going to say. Um, well, that's the next thing. Now the finals are over. We'll have to talk about the politics because everybody loves that. Um, Colin, thank you for joining us. And uh, let's go Raptors. Yes. And let's go Buffalo. <laughs> We've been enjoying bringing you some flashbacks of classic things in the past. And as you know, we've gone through all those flashbacks. But we're playing Days of Our Pies, our very bad soap opera, radio soap opera that we did back in the day. We've heard episode one. We've heard episode two. We've even heard episode three. So that means today we're going to hear the esteemed, the fantastic, the always entertaining episode four of Days of Our Pies. Previously on Days of Our Pies. I know you. You Billy's mother. Well, I changed just after I gave birth to Billy. I had a little trouble with love, but we don't need to get into that. Daddy! Daddy! Where's Daddy? Billy. Billy, me boy. I'm here, and I have a big surprise for you. I want you to meet your mother. Ah! It's okay, Billy. It, it's me, Mom. That, that, that's the woman who shot us! Like pastry in the oven, these are the days of our pies. I'm Lisa Jones, and these are the days of our pies. The room in the hospital was full of accusations and tension as the eyes all fixated on Lisa, who had just been pointed out by Billy Muesli Bar as the person who shot him and his illegitimate father, Roy Bolasirio. Frank, the resident police officer and man who had been keen to tap Lisa since she arrived in Ramsey Bay, broke the silence in the only way he knows how. My lord, Miss Muffin, is, is this true? Is this possible? A fine-looking specimen like yourself capable of such a terrible crime? I... I... I have no idea what he's talking about. You have seen me the entire time I've been here. It wasn't me. It was you. I saw you with that big shiny gun pointed at me and Daddy. You pulled the trigger and shot us. Now, now, Billy, me boy. I was there. I didn't see her shoot us. You were facing that lady with the big bazonkas at the supermarket, Daddy. <laughs> I was making sure she was carrying the turnip safe enough. It doesn't matter what you were looking at, Roy. I think that Lisa should come down down to the station with me. But I'm innocent, I tell you. Innocent! Just to clear things up, Miss Muffin, maybe we can grab some lunch on the way there. Frank takes Lisa outside to the squad car, leaving everyone in the room in shock. Ah, Jennifer, why must the mystery keep getting bigger? Why must all of these subtle truths be told seemingly at the end of each episode? And why, oh why, must I say this same line over and over again? I don't know what you're talking about, George. Roy, can you explain to me why you, Billy and Lisa have different last names? Well, obviously Lisa changed her name for some strange reason. My last name is from my daddy, Mac McGee McIntyre Bola Cereal. And Billy has his last name because Scottish law states that if the mother is unknown, you must choose a last name from the first thing you see. And I had the muesli bar in my pocket, and that was the first thing I saw after he was born. 
But Miss Muffin would have had to be near Billy's birth, right? Of course she was. But they had a paper bag over her head to keep it a mystery because they didn't want to know. But I, of course, knowing that she was the only woman I ever slept with, knew it was her. Which begs the question, why on earth did Lisa shoot you two? Meanwhile, Frank had put Lisa in the car and was driving her back to the police station. Look, Miss Muffin, I believe in being innocent until proven guilty, but this is looking very suspicious. I mean, you come here being all nice and sexy, and then admit to a previous criminal record, you have a lot of explaining to do. But I'm innocent, I'll tell you! Innocent! As I said, I believe you until found otherwise. But just saying, things aren't looking good. Right now, I say we go down to the diner and have one of Mama Brown's famous waffle and eggs. Just as Frank turns into the next street, he notices a car speeding towards them at high speed. What the hell? This maniac is coming towards us! Oh my god! Are Frank and Lisa alive after the horrible car crash? Who was the maniac who drove into them? Will Roy and Billy be out of hospital soon? And who on earth is running the general store while Jennifer and George are away? Find out next time on Days of Our Pies. We get to for the for the penultimate time. Can you believe it? Emergency questions. We have tried to go through all five hundred of these, thanks to Richard Herring, and we are now into the lot that is four sixty one to four eighty. Are you are you excited that this is the second last time we'll do these? Yes. We can always start again and try and think of different answers. No. I have to come up with a new segment. All right. Questions four hundred and sixty one through to four hundred and eighty. All right. Here we go. Uh, 461, would you prefer to have lungs that turned oxygen into jam that would come out of the pores of your skin and could be scraped into bottles and sold, so long as you didn't tell your customers where it was coming from, or an anus that weeped manica honey, which could also be sold through, imagine, though, imagine the anger if people found out where you'd been getting that sweet, sweet honey. I'm the jam one. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't... But, like, can you control it? Like, you don't want to be, like... If we went to Thailand and you were sweating, you don't just want to be pouring jam out everywhere because then you'd get really sticky and gross. At least with, like, anal honey, you could probably control it, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. 462. Would you rather have a hand made out of ham or a finger that could travel through time? I don't know if I've asked this one before to people. 
I was going to say, I think I've heard this one before. I'm going to go with the finger. Yeah, the the hand of ham would get a bit rotten after a while. Would you rather have an armpit that dispenses sunscreen or a nipple that produces talcum powder? Sunscreen. I'd go for the nipple. I mean, I've got no purpose for mine, so I might as well do something. All right. Uh, would you rather have an armpit that dispenses talcum powder or a nipple that dispenses sunscreen? I think he's just running out of ideas now. Still going for the armpit. Still going for the armpit, right? Nothing on the nipples. Okay. Uh, would you be annoyed if the rest of the book was just subtle variations of the same basic question? Yes. Yes, I very much would be. Um, 466, four socks, if we're here in New Zealand. Would you have ever been on a plane that's been... Oh, sorry, I'll start that again. Have you ever been on a plane that's been in an emergency and seen a genuine look of fear on the face of a flight attendant? Uh, no. Also no. Uh, Rich says he was on a plane that started filling up with smoke and had to fly to the nearest airport. Oh, I was on a plane... Well, it wasn't an emergency, but, um... It was in Cincinnati, and as we were, like, taxing out on the runway, like, you could just smell something, like, something really bad. Like, it was like a burny kind of smell. And, like, everyone could smell it, and it was a really empty flight. And, basically, we had to turn back to the thing and evacuate the plane. And then they were just, like, an hour later, they were like, no, it's all good, we fixed it. It was just some socket or something had overheated, but we're safe to fly. And we're like, okay, that's great. You made it. We didn't crash, so... Um, 467, what type of vacuum cleaner do you use? Do you have a dream vacuum that you aspire to own one day? Ben wants a shark. Um, a dustbuster. It's called a shark. Um, we have a funny little vacuum. It's wonderful. It was $50. From the warehouse. It's one of the few things, cheap things in the warehouse I've broken yet. So, um, shout out to the warehouse. You're not that good. Kmart's better. Uh, 468, have you ever seen someone passing you and then shortly after seen the same person passing you and rather than assuming they are twins, thought that maybe there was a glitch in the matrix and done a literal double to check, double take to check? Uh, yes. No. Yes, I always think there's a glitch in the matrix. 469, is there a race of people who you secretly believe should be exterminated in death camps? Uh, the French. <laughs> That's awful. I was going to say Americans, though. <laughs> well, that's awful. Um, they're your neighbors. Like, yeah, but they're shit. Can, um, I just, can I choose Americans from certain states? Is that allowed? Which states? Anything but California and Florida, <laughs> basically. Florida? Florida should be the number one that you should send to the death camps. Floridans. Floridans? Floridians. Floridians. What's wrong with people from New York, Tennessee, you know, Utah? So, like, Oregon and um, Washington are good. Just bias from the West. Montana. New York? Montana. No one cares about Montana. Um, I, in this, actually, it's a bit of a, you You heard it before when I talked to Colin. Well, you didn't because you weren't there, but people listening would have heard it, that I was going to comment on the guy who's no doubt going to become the new Canadian Prime Minister. But I, I wanted to... Um, Who? Well, I can't remember his name. He's the leader of the opposition that will probably beat Trudeau. But I didn't want to say anything negative because, you know, visas and stuff. Like, I love Canada. All leaders of your country are fantastic, no matter who they are. Because by the time I go in, it'll probably be someone new. Anyway, um, what is, which change in name of popular product most annoyed you? Um, that's a good question. The fact that you call arugula rocket in this country and in australia arugula sounds like a pokemon that's what it's called um it's not really on the same vein but i it still annoys me that people call dinner tea like that's a very australian sort of 
New Zealand, and I, I think it comes from the British, but it's it's dumb. I hate it. I hate it. What's for tea? I always got confused because I would always think, like, have a cup of tea kind of tea, and mm. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, Actually, the one that um, gets me, which took me a while to get used to, and I'll take me to get a while used to when we move there, is the fact that you call a main course an entree, and we call what you would call a starter an entree. So, to me, an entree is the meal you have before the meal. No, an entree is the meal. Yeah. A starter or an appetizer is the... But what I'm saying is we don't call that. We call it the main course, and then the meal before the main course is not a starter or an appetizer. We call that the entree. Yes. Yes. Um, But isn't entree French for, like, main dish or something? For enter. Okay. That's really dumb that they call food enter. I guess it's better than exit. What is French for exit? Sortir. Yes, I knew that. Uh, 471. Have you ever watched some... Something on Facebook Live that hasn't been totally shit. Um, no. No. Have you ever watched anything on Facebook Live? No. <laughs> um, have you ever seen a Frank Ings- Frank Ingstein? That's not how you spell Frank Einstein. What's a Frank Ingstein in real life? No. I don't know what that is, so no. What is the most public place that you have ever <laughs> given or received oral sex? Nowhere. Do I answer? <laughs> She's looking at me like, don't... I would say at the radio studio of this very show way back in the day. Hello to everyone listening at Edge Radio. Hope you uh, enjoyed the studio chairs. I'm sure they've been washed. Uh, what thing do you fear the least? 474. Oh, I don't know. My kitten. That's not true. <laughs> um, You. Aww. I'm glad I, you didn't answer. <laughs> I wasn't your answer. Wow, that hurts my feelings. Uh, 475, what is your most appealing habit? I'm cute. No, I'm funny. I'm cute and funny. I'm cute and funny. Well, one of them is true. Hey, uh, that's rude. If you could edit, 476, if you could edit your past, would you refuse to do so because of the terrible domino effects changing even one thing could have? Or would you take the gamble that erasing one of your errors might be better for the world in general? That's a very good question. That is a very good question. Eh. 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 What does that mean? I don't think I'd care. She's really losing track of this show, I think that's why. Um, I can think of a few things that I feel wouldn't have a ripple effect, but who knows? You never know. So I'd just have to say no. Otherwise, I'd be not staring at you, which might be a good thing. Uh, 478, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you had to have sex with... Uh, oh, no, sorry, hang on. I've skipped one. Uh, what swear word would you like repeatedly shouted by a drunk man at your funeral? The drunk man is turning up regardless and is going to shout something, so you might as well choose. Um... McLaren used to be a swear word in my house, so he can just keep saying McLaren. No, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you had to have sex with either Zippy, Bungle, George, Jeffrey, or Rod, whilst Jane and Freddie had sex with each other next to you, but you couldn't join in, if you had to, which of the Rainbow Crew would? You? I mean, I don't know who they are. So Rod, um, Zippy, because I'm sure it would be over quickly. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> So you're funny and cute. What did I tell you? 479, second last one for today. If you didn't have to have sex with either Zippy Bungle, Jeffrey, George, or Rod, but not Jane or Freddie, would now be asleep. 
but they all said they were up for it if you fancied it, but not an orgy situation. If you have to be one-on-one, would you have sex with one of them? And which, but wasn't this the same question? Um, Zippy again. I'll say Rod again. Rod, because it's like a, you know. Moving on. It's it's a penis. Uh, for a <laughs> final one, if you had the choice between ending all war personally... Oh, sorry. If you had the choice between ending all war or personally receiving ten million pounds, but war would continue as before, what would you choose? The money. Oh, ending all war. Like, uh, do, do they mean like war forever, or like war like right now? Because I feel like, you know, without being disrespectful to the wars that are happening in the world, I'm very sorry that there are wars and people are dying. The wars aren't personally affecting me right now. I'm being selfish. <laughs> So I'm going to take the £10 million. That would come in very handy. I don't know. But, 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 okay. Well, let, World let's, peace. Let's flip this on the other side. Am I allowed to actively promote and people know that I ended war? So then I could become like Nobel Peace Prize winner Ben and probably go on to make £10 million. I'm being selfish. I don't care. I want to be famous and I want money. So if that's the case, yes, I would end war. Okay. But if not, I'll take the money. Because 10 million pounds is like probably 20 million Australian bucks. Like, that's a bit of money. Yes, it is. See, what you're ending the peace. You're ending war. You're ending war. Yes. That's not what you answered pre. Oh, whatever. Anyway, next week we will have the last lot of these. So, yeah. Bring you a short classic interview today. And we thought, obviously, given that we had just the conclusion of both the NBA finals, go Raptors, and the uh, NHL Stanley Cup finals, that we'd play. One on those sort of terms, lines, whatever you want to say. Uh, back uh, several years ago, we interviewed the then captain of the Australian ice hockey team, the Mighty Roos, as they are called, Mr. Greg Oddie. Sort of, we started a bit of a look at some obscure sports. Well, when I say obscure sports, obscure sports in Australia. Ice hockey, not an obscure sport, but in Australia, it is very much a sport that you do not hear that much of, and I don't even believe a lot of people would realise that we do have a representative team that does compete for Australia. Of course we do. Uh, so this was a chat that I did 2011-2012, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with the then captain of the Australian national ice hockey team, Mr. Greg Oddie. Greg Oddie was born and raised in Adelaide and quickly flew up the ranks in Australian ice hockey. After playing in various leagues in Canada, England and Finland, Greg soon found his home playing and captaining the Adelaide-based club, the Adelaide Adrenaline, in the Australian Ice Hockey League before being named captain of the Australian national hockey side, the Mighty Roos. I spoke to Greg during the week about his career in a sport not that recognised in Australia, as well as the upcoming Division 2 World Ice Hockey Championships taking part in Melbourne next month. Greg, thank you very much for your time here on the Brink and Edge Radio. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. What made you want to get into the sport of ice hockey? Interesting, actually, my grandparents, um, they, they uh, started the, the first ice rink down here in Adelaide um, a few years back, and uh, that's where my parents met. Um, and yeah, got us kids involved from a, from an early age. We all started at about five years old. So it wasn't really that difficult then to get involved in a sport that really isn't that much publicised in Australia? No, well, that's the thing. I mean, um, because I started young, um, the opportunities that the sport presented me, um, you know, were, were too... Well, pretty good. So, I mean, a lot of travel, um, you know, a bit different than you know, your footy and cricket, which I, which I enjoyed as a kid, but uh, I kept leaning towards hockey um, as a bit of a priority. Um, and I think, you know, just the, anyone that's played ice hockey before um, knows, it's, you know, it's an exciting game and it's, um, yeah, it's just great to be a part of, really. Now, given that we call it ice hockey here in Australia, but obviously most of the rest of the world refers it to as hockey, do you refer it to as ice hockey or hockey? To my friends, hockey. 
But um, yeah, I guess if I'm talking about it, you know, to someone that doesn't really know the game, then yeah, you have to throw in the ice at the front. Otherwise, people might get confused. But no, I mean, there's only one uh, one hockey that I kind of know. That's ice hockey. So I haven't really played much at the field hockey before. Well, I actually grew up playing a lot of field hockey, so I'm sort of from that background. Yeah. But I mean, it's ice hockey is something that I mean, b- being in Hobart, we have one rink which is probably about the size of your lounge room. So um, yeah. it's a bit difficult for people in Tasmania and Hobart to actually want to get involved in the sport. Well, yeah, I was actually fortunate enough to to play. I think it was an under fourteen tournament in Hobart um, a few years back. And, um, yeah, it definitely was a bit of an experience. Yeah. Because, um, we went from five-on-five five to three-on-three to three, um, in, in the smaller rank there in Hobart. So that was, uh, I mean, that's a different game again, you know, like playing on that, on that ice surface there. Exactly. Now, do you think the sport would be better off in Australia if there was, say, more funding and public support? Uh, I think the, the funding and the public support, I think that, that will come as a result of facilities, I think. Um, and we've seen that in Melbourne, you know, with the ice house there at Docklands. Um, you know, a new arena. It's, uh, it's a lot of guys have come back now. Um, I, I've been told the junior programs have really, you know, the numbers have increased there. Um, and so I think, you know, that, that's probably what's holding us back in Adelaide. Um, from what I understand is a lot of the facilities um, and, and the one arena, just not having enough ice time. And yeah, I mean, people want to be able to practice. They want to be able to play, you know, a couple, a couple of times a week. They want a couple of games a week. And right now we can't do that. We just don't have the ice time. Is it sort of comes down to every now and then, if you don't have the facilities, as you're saying, say in Adelaide and that, does it come down to roller skating and you've got to practice your ice hockey on your rollerblades out in the backyard, say on a concrete pitch where it's um, a bit easier? Yeah, there's a few guys that play, uh, have come over from roller hockey. Um, but I think most guys, I mean, there's a couple of guys that do go back and forth between the two, but in, in general, no, I mean, a lot of the guys that stop playing ice hockey, they stop playing hockey altogether uh, and move on to other stuff. And again, I think a lot of it comes back to, you know, just the, the senior programs and things like that that we have locally. We just can't. You know, there's not enough ice time to go around for all the different sports. Now, obviously, of course, a lot of our listeners may be not that familiar with ice hockey compared to, as I was talking before, about field hockey. Clearly, there is a large difference between the two sports. There was, say, one major difference that you could pick out for our listeners between the difference between field and ice hockey, besides the obvious fact that one's played on ice and one's yeah. played on the field. What would it be? Yeah, uh, I think the physical part of the game, um, without a doubt. I mean, uh, in ice hockey, um, you know, it's no secret that, yeah, it's, it's very physical. Um, you know, you, you can, can run guys over, um, assuming, you know, it's in the rules of the game. Uh, and you can also drop the gloves uh, and fight and get five minutes in the penalty box. <laughs> is, uh, yeah, and a lot of the times that does keep the game a bit cleaner. I mean, keeps everyone honest. Um, but that, from what I understand, that would be the big difference um, between, you know, field hockey, roller hockey and, uh, and ice hockey. If more sports did that with the fighting, do you think that'd be a lot better off? Well, I don't, I don't think the fight... The fighting's not huge in Australia. I mean, um, a lot of the times we'll see... You know, we'll see highlights from overseas and a lot of it's in isolation. So you might see an incident that involves a fight, but um, you won't see the, the goals that are around it or the other stuff. Um, so it's not a huge part of the game. And anyone that plays hockey in Australia would know that, you know, that's the case. Um, a lot of the majority of the game is, is skating and, you know, and skill. Now you're talking, of course, about uh, hockey overseas. The uh, major country in the world when it comes to ice hockey is Canada. And, of course, you've played it over there in Canada. It must be a big cultural shock to go from a country where you're lucky to find someone who even knows anything about ice hockey in the country to a place where it's their religion. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, that was a huge uh, experience going over there at a young age. Um, just, just being able to see how they do it over there. Um, you know, everyone lives and breathes hockey over there. Um, you know, they have outdoor ice arenas on corners, you know, like we have ovals. Um, and just, you know, every kid growing up there is playing ice hockey um, and dreams of playing in the NHL. So just to go over there and, and see, you know, what it's, what it's all about and, and be involved in it was probably one of the, yeah, the, 
the best you know experiences I've had as an ice hockey player. And was it your goal to try and make it into the NHL? Oh, I think everyone. Yeah, I think I'd be lying if I said no. <laughs> um, any any kid that grows up would love to play in the NHL. Um, and yeah, you, you quickly um, realise that you're not alone. Um, you know, you you go over there, and like I said, there's that many guys playing ice hockey over there that you know, and there's probably what 600 guys in the world that are playing in the NHL. Um, and now these days, Europe too. There's a ton of players coming out of Europe that have come in North America, where you know that that's been a, a big change too. The amount of players coming out of there. Who do you go for in the NHL? Uh, I've been following the Pittsburgh Penguins. Bit of a Sydney Crosby fan. I was about to say uh, Crosby factor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's, he's changed the game a bit. I think. The NHL has been uh, dying for a guy like him to come along for a few years now. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. I've actually been speaking to about it recently, when I ask them who do they actually support, they a lot of them will say the Penguins just because of Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I think what he's done, yeah, and it's, it's true, every now and then you get a guy that comes along and people, you know, attack or, you know, love watching play, and, and he's one of them. Um, you know, I think, you know, Wayne Gretzky was probably the, the last guy that, you know, that, that probably was, was in that situation where, yeah, everyone just stopped what they're doing to watch Wayne, you know. Now, of course, you are the uh, current captain of the Australian Mighty Roos. Now, what was the uh, feeling like when you first got selected to play for Australia and then eventually when you were named the captain of the team? Uh, well, if I look back at my first tournament, I was fortunate enough to play uh, as a 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. So it was quite some time ago now, about 12 years ago. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that was unbelievable feeling. I mean, uh, you know, just growing up as a kid and, and playing ice hockey and then being able to represent your country. Um, and to play with, you know, some really good players, um, you know, both local and also Canadian guys that have been naturalised, um, you know, was a, was amazing. And I think just over the years, I've been fortunate enough to, to move more into a leadership role. Uh, and then to be named captain this year was, um, yeah, I mean, an unbelievable feeling and, and something that, yeah, definitely looking forward to. And as you were talking before, too, of course, about the new facilities at Docklands, the um, Ice House. Now, Australia is set to host the Division Two IIHF Championships in Melbourne next month. Now, how much of a boost is this for the sport in Australia, and how do you think Australia will go? Uh, well, I guess to answer the first question, yeah, a huge boost. Um, I mean, Melbourne is the, the sporting capital, so we've uh, we've had a World Championships in Newcastle, which, you know, was great. Um, the only, I guess, the problem there was you're still attracting a lot of people that, that come to ice hockey anyway. Um, just because it's a bit smaller, but with Melbourne, you know, you're talking to people that you know maybe have heard of hockey or you know maybe have seen a little bit on TV. But they're actually going to be an opportunity to come down and, and watch all the games. We're going to be able to attract a new audience. You know, people that might spend their weekends at the footy and things like that. You know, might want to have a look. So, um, and the ice the ice house there is um, you know world class facility. So very uh, very exciting to play in. How far do you um, think that Australia is from making it into the Premier Division of the World Ice Hockey League and then eventually, say, the Olympic Games? Well, we've been up to Division 1. We won uh, the gold medal two two years ago. Uh, it went up to Division 1, so it was a short stay. We were only up there for the uh, for the one year, but we definitely got to learn a lot in Lithuania um, and find out exactly you know, we were playing against um, you know, some of the top players in the world. Um, a lot of them, or the majority of them, professional too, so... It was. Uh, it is a step up, uh, but we're confident that we can, you know, win the gold in Division Two. It's going to be tough, but um, you know, we can definitely achieve that again and, and move up to Division One, and hopefully, yeah, stay up there this time. And of course, the Olympic Games too is the, probably the pinnacle of ice hockey. Now, do you think how many years away do you think Australia is from uh, going back to the Olympics? Which I believe we haven't been in the Olympics since the '60s. Yeah, the Olympics. The, the way that it's structured now, it's. Um, you know, moving up to Division One doesn't guarantee you a spot in the Olympics. You still need to qualify. Um, so it's 
it's uh, it's a difficult one to answer the Olympics because uh, I mean if we can get our act together this year and, and win the gold, then that's going to put us in a good position because uh, you know with the Olympics we're three years away now, um, you know a lot can happen between now and then. And but I think our number one goal is to win Division One, sorry Division Two this year, and at least give us ourselves that opportunity to you know to play against the top teams in the world next year. Now, um, just before we wrap things up, Greg, um, I would like to put out there to our listeners who may be listening to this, they may be trying to think of a different sport to play than your regular soccer, your AFL, your tennis, whatever it is. Why should the kids listening to this program today take up ice hockey? Well, I think for a start, it's the fastest game in the world. And the most of the kids that I talk to, uh, you know, once they start playing ice hockey, they don't look back. Um, you know, there's no reason why you can't combine it with your footy and your cricket. But um, ice hockey really is an alternative. Um, and the amount of the travel that you get from it, you know, you would get to travel to all around the world, places that you never thought of. Um, the opportunities, to, you know, it's just endless. So, and it's, yeah, it's, it's the best game in the world, to be honest, and um, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, definitely get out there, give it a go. Um, I guarantee you won't be uh, disappointed. Well, Greg Goddy, thank you very much for your time here on The Brink. Good luck in the upcoming championships there next month here in Australia. And uh, hopefully we will see Australia bumping up into Division 1 and maybe even in the Olympics in the not-too-distant future. Well, that's the plan for you. Hopefully it all goes well. So thanks for, uh, for having us on the show. All right, it's time to close it out for another week. Can we get a Let's Go Raptors? Let's go Raptors. Let's go Raptors. Oh, sorry. I was meant to clap my thing. Um, we were talking earlier with Colin about these droughts now, and particularly with the Stanley Cup and all that sort of stuff, that um, we're fingers crossed next year. that uh, I The Canucks are going to make it? Well, I said, I said to Colin, I said, let's hope for a Vancouver Buffalo Stanley Cup final next year. Why Buffalo? Because, like, Toronto need to wait longer. They, if they go two more years of that winning Stanley Cup, they'll hold the record for the longest ever drought. They'll, New York Rangers went 53 seasons without winning a Stanley Cup. But if Toronto won next year and then Buffalo won in, like, two years, then Vancouver would only be, like, two years away from holding the record for the longest drought ever without a Stanley Cup. So, you know. But I, I, I'm, you know, Vancouver, Buffalo, that would be pretty good. Yes. I don't know who I'd go for. I'd probably go for Buffalo. That's rude. I like Buffalo. That's my that's my NFL team. I don't care. Well, Sabres. Canucks. Sabres. Don't do this to me. Donkey. <laughs> you know in Shrek when they're all like saying that? <laughs> donkey. I love Donkey. Um, yeah, well, you know, let's let's go Canucks. Now, what are they? What's their chant? That's the chant. Is it? No, I mean, let's go Habs. No, Habs is Canadians. No. What are the Canucks? The, the, just... the Canucks are the Canucks. Let's go Canucks. That sounds that sounds dumb. Go Canucks. Go. Go. Stupid chanting. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on all the relevant channels. Do as you're told, because I told you to. Go Raptors. Yay. Uh, we're more than halfway through June now, which is exciting. Um, just thought I'd share that. It's great. Got some good stuff happening on the Oz Network, which is good. You'll be on an episode this week about Men in Black, which is good. Anything else you want to add? Nope. Cool. All right. Well, until next week, keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and let's go Raptors. Sorry. Good night. Let's go Raptors. Raptors.